0: House of Mystery presents Inside Writing, the radio show where authors discuss their writing process in all genres. So, today uh, we've got uh, uh, a guest about uh, returning from uh, one of our shows before covering the the Zodiac. And uh, so, uh, we want to welcome Drew Beeson. Thank you for being here.
1: Thank you, guys. Thanks for having me back.
0: So, uh, so Drew, what's what's going on? Have you uh, had your um, Lysol shot yet, or
1: uh, no? But I have an appointment, at, you know, later this afternoon to get my Lysol on me. Wow, Can't, good to never, you know, never hurt. But it's like you know, so hopefully I wanted to do this first, just in case I had a, a bad reaction to it.
0: Yeah, uh, yeah. I wonder if you spray Lysol on a tanning bed, you'd get UV and Lysol at the same time, and you could kind of.
1: You might be onto something.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. There's a new business. It's called the Trump suntanning. <laughs> 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 oh, I'm terrible. So, uh, so Drew, what's what's going on with Zodiac? Um, is there some new events? Of course, uh, Gary Stewart's been on TV. Uh, that documentary or series or whatever you want to call it, um, which I, you know, for me, I think it made uh, Stewart look kind of kind of sad. You know, <laughs> to say yeah, the least.
2: Really
1: he did it made him look desperate it really did but at least the show this time included some you know some evidence against which was pretty solid you know obviously they, he talked about the Mikado and how his his father would have been exposed to that over in Japan and it was banned over there of course because it was you know seeing as crude satire to them so it, that, that couldn't have happened I mean just little things like that it's easy to pick apart Earl Van Best Jr. it just is
0: yeah
1: he did not <laughs> really have much at all going for him
0: that's really too bad too I mean because if you know how I came out of I've interviewed him before and i and how I came out of it was um, actually after this show I've seen these uh four parts or whatever it was I kind of felt sorry for him i, I you know he seems so so uh broken apart about his father and 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 the disconnect and all that he feels. You know he I think that's genuine um emotion i don't I'm not thinking that it's put on I think he's really which is the rest
2: is a put on though
0: well I mean <laughs> it, I, I, well I think is it' probably a grab for control like you know like it's like the people running out buying toilet paper when the virus started right it was just this,
2: we have to get <laughs>
0: yeah well, we have to control something in our life because we feel so lost and um and if, you, and if you feel that way, we do things. People do things with their weight or food or alcohol. And I think this was another one. I think that's just his, he wants it to be that, you know, what he says. It's so badly that he will do anything, believe anything. Like he's just so obsessed with it. And it's, it's really about, you know, his disconnect with his father. It's just, it's kind of s- sad in a way.
1: Uh, it is kind of sad. I mean, I know the book was actually an inter- interesting read that people liked. I mean, even if they didn't believe, you know, their old man Best Jr. was the Zodiac, they kind of liked his whole story about, you know, finding his real father and, you know, there's different things about him and, you know, finding his real mother. And, you know, I think they, you know, the readers, I think, did kind of like that. But, it's, you know, for somebody that's looking for the true Zodiac killer, I think they were pretty heavily led astray there.
2: Well, you know, I remember when I went to go see the movie Zodiac in 2007. And afterwards, I remember we were standing by the door and someone came out and they said, you know, that movie was pretty good until that cartoonist showed up. And that's <laughs> Robert Graysmith. And, of course, exactly. the book, Gary Stewart's book, is an interesting read until that Zodiac stuff shows up. It's, it, it would be a good book without that. And I think it would be a very compelling story. But I think that kind of symbolizes what's wrong with Gary Stewart's whole uh, story is the way that he sort of veers off on this tangent with his father and just goes off the deep end with it. And that's disturbing. The one thing that I liked about the show was that instead instead of doing it like we're going to attack him from the very beginning or discredit him from the very beginning, they let him tell his story. And then they just had people come on and tell the facts. And I think that is the one thing that that documentary should be uh, commended for. I was in it in the in part three, and I said, you know, <laughs> there's nothing to this, and it was great that the fourth episode backed that up.
1: Yeah, it was good that they did that. They did they did, did an excellent job, really well produced.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's kind of how uh, a lot of documentaries should sort of, I think, run, right? You, you know, mm-hmm. you should show uh, as many points of view and aspects, but I, I the you know, for me, it was a bit long. They they yeah. drug it out yeah. too long. I mean, they, yeah, know, and they were they all consecutive uh... too.
1: I think, right? I mean, I don't remember yeah. they were kind of back to back instead of you know two you know one
2: hour one night.
1: Which was good because
2: thing. after episode two, I started to get a little worried yeah. <laughs> that, <laughs> that it was going to. You know, those of us who do these shows, we often don't know how they're going to turn out, and we were mm-hmm. told, "No, oh, we're going to be critical of this," and so I was very refreshed and and pleased to see that it took that turn because unfortunately Gary Stewart's theory has a lot of uh, prevalence a lot of people believe it and i i was shocked to see after the show aired on facebook on his facebook page some of his friends talk congratulating him for solving the case and i looked and they said they watched the show so i was like what are you yeah, what talking part about you ah, yeah yeah
1: yeah, the scar was wrong. The, the scar was wrong, and then he's watching TV to look for the the, the genetic codes from oh, that other I show was, that was on TV. I mean, that was that was sad. I, I mean, it was that was desperate. Very revealing. I mean, looking at looking at the blurred out screen on on a TV show to look for the genetic codes. That's that's a new one.
0: Well, that it kind of shows the desperation. But and that's kind of what I mean. It's it's I I feel sorry for him because. Um, like I said, I don't think it's fake. I think his emotions and all that with it is pretty real. And uh,
1: oh, I, I believe that too. I think he does have some some real hangups with you know maybe his childhood and what you know finding out
0: about his father.
1: Well, you, you know, know I, what? I, that... I would want to find out that my father was the Zodiac. I mean, it's like an inside joke yeah. around Zodiac people. Are like, oh, I'm sure, your dad was the Zodiac. Your dad was DB Cooper, right? Yeah, no.
2: You know what? It reminded uh, me of it's I don't always know someone's ever... father. Yeah. I don't know if you guys have ever seen uh, Annie Hall, Woody Allen's movie, Annie Hall, but there's a great scene in it where where they're standing in line at the movie and uh, this guy starts going off about Marshall McLuhan and the media expert and he starts saying all these things and Woody Allen walks off camera and comes back with Marshall McLuhan and Marshall McLuhan says, you know nothing of my work. And that's what that whole show was kind of like. It was like, it well my here's was exactly three hours of you telling your story, and then here's people going, you know nothing of what you're talking about.
1: Yeah, it's 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 crazy.
0: Yeah, it's it's kind of – but I, I don't think it's going to end uh, anytime too soon. I think no. uh, Steve hodell has been doing really well with his series on the Zodiac, and um, I, I, I think we're sort of stuck with that kind of uh, – Logic right now, um,
2: the daddy did it.
0: Yeah, well, people buy into it because I know, like I said, when I, I was out and about before the um, um the virus and reels did no Paramount did that other series, remember with the John Cameron? Oh God, yeah, yeah, and but people will come come up to me because they know I write crime and all that, and they'll say, oh, so so they 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 figured it out. So that guy was the guy, right? And. Mm-hmm. So people walk away from these series uh, really but buying into it, you know. it's not. Well, they
1: they it. do. The
0: same thing happened in the D.B.
1: Cooper case when a guy, you know, put out a really well-produced show called The, the Last Master Outlaw about a guy named Robert Rackstraw being D.B. Cooper. So when you ask the layman, hey, you know, the whole topic of D.B. Cooper comes up and said, oh, didn't they solve that? was that guy Rackstraw or Rackstein or whatever, you know. They just see a good show and they remember it on TV and they're like, wasn't that solved? And they – see the media blitz and everything, it's like the people with the money and the TV control the narrative to the to the person that's not really into the case that knows it that well. It's a really yeah. similar yeah. thing that happened there, too.
0: Yeah, but, you, you know, we have to start taking responsibility um, instead of always blaming um, what they see, because, you know, it's, it's like the Trump narrative again, you know, maybe we should inject and clean it from the inside. If you think about things when, when you're told or when someone said something, or when you see a show, you think about it. You should, you know, you got to have your own thinking skills and kind of go, "Yeah, that doesn't sound very logical," right?
1: Exactly. Yeah, that's that's true. Just just vet it out. You know, just just a uh, critical, just use critical thinking.
0: So, what do you think is new, uh, Drew, as far as Zodiac, or what 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 do you think that um, has come up lately that you want to talk about?
1: Well, actually, you know, in the time. Since we did the, the last show, um, I was you know, doing my research. I'm looking on a book about D.B. Cooper. It's, it's uh, getting close to being completed. So I, you know, I got a new newspaper online subscription to, where you can go online and read you know, various old newspapers. And the one that I, a new one that I started was so much better than the other one. But I started looking, you know, just taking a break from Cooper stuff, you know, started digging around on some Zodiac things. And, of course, my book's finished and everything, but I said, well, let me see what else I can find. And I saw a wedding uh, engagement announcement in the Pomona newspaper for Don Cheney. And for any listeners that's not familiar with with my person of interest, it's Donald Lee Cheney. He was a friend of Arthur Lee Allen. He's mentioned in the movie The Zodiac, and he's the guy that brought forward Arthur Lee Allen, who's still probably the top suspect in most people's minds in the Zodiac killings, and brought his friend forward in uh, the summer of 1971. And uh, he's my suspect, and I wrote a book on him called Sighting in on the Zodiac Killer, and it's been out for about three months now, and that's the book we talked about, obviously, when I was here last time. But uh, in doing uh, some of that research, I found out that that Don Cheney was in the Air Force, and I didn't know that before. It had never come up, and you know I'd look to see if he was in the military, but he was actually in the Air Force for two years. And people that research the Zodiac a lot, when you hear air force, you're going to think of immediately of the uh, wing Walker shoe print that was left at the Lake Berryessa attack, because the wing walker is obviously an air force-related shoe for people that work on planes or fly planes, because it's you got non-slip soles, some of them have steel toes, things like that. So it makes you conjure up your think about the wing walkers. And um, also, you see these different shows about suspects that they always try to tie to the military, because maybe they had cryptography training in the military so they're always thinking okay so like, must have been military or maybe you know ex-law enforcement kind of like golden state but it was interesting to me that, that he does now have that military piece he was in the air force for two years and uh it was interesting to see some of the stuff that i even found out that, that he learned uh when he was in the air force he was stationed over in uh, harlingen texas and it was in 1957 and i was able to find the complete Course listing of what they would learn there, and one of those classes that he took there was called—they called it Night Cell, which is celestial navigation for for, for new pilots. And that immediately made, my, made me think of um, Mike Cole's work, Michael Cole's work, where he thought the Zodiac may have had celestial navigation training or, or some kind of study because he tried to line up, you know, his his book about how the Zodiac may have tried to strike on the equinoxes and things like that. And a lot of those dates that the Zodiac strike on weren't exactly lined up with some of those things, so some people didn't really buy into that. But he seemed pretty confident about it, and also the fact that we know that the Zodiac used the compass rose on the Philip 66 map, where, you know, the Mount Diablo code. And he obviously drew the Zodiac target he put in for magnetic north, and that's obviously a reference to navigation. So it is interesting that Don Cheney did have what they call night cell in Harlingen when he was trained to be a pilot, so that's kind of an interesting uh, cut in there as well. And uh, so after finding that out, I was you know pretty excited and I wanted to dig into him a little more. And I knew that he had gone to Bakersfield College. Don was born in Bakersfield, California, and he went to high school there and and junior college. It was uh, Bakersfield Junior College. So I was just looking through one of the yearbooks, because all their yearbooks are online, all their school newspapers are online, it's called The Renegade Rib. And I was looking at, I think, one of the school newspapers, and I saw the the little box on it, and it showed the reporters for the school newspaper. And one name that was on there was Paul Avery. And I thought, surely this can't be the same Paul Avery of San Francisco Chronicle thing that reported on the Zodiac Killer. And I thought, you know, maybe that name's pretty common and it's not him. So I uh, did a little more, you know, I knew a lot about Avery, but not a whole lot. You know, just a lot of things people don't know about him that I know now. But uh, I looked up, I knew his father was in the Navy. So I look- found some kind of really detailed listing of everywhere his father was stationed. His father was a-, was a naval pilot during World War II, highly decorated. And he was career Navy, and he would be stationed after the war at different little places. Well, I found where he was stationed in Inyo Kern, California, which is just uh, next to China Lake. And uh, it was during that same time that I saw this Paul Avery being at Bakersfield College. So I quickly ascertained that that was indeed the same Paul Avery that worked at the San Francisco Chronicle. And then I verified it again by going to the school yearbook. And there on the student council is a picture of a young Paul Avery, probably 18 years old, as a freshman at Bakersfield College. And it looks exactly like the photo that was taken of him, I think, in 1961 when he first started working for the Chronicle. So I thought, what a small world that Don Chaney and Paul Avery are going to the same small little junior college in Bakersfield. Pretty, pretty strange. I mean, and the classes were, were pretty small. I mean, I think that it's just freshmen and sophomores. Freshman class probably, uh, this, this year was, it would have been, actually the, both these guys, Don Chaney and Paul Avery, are the same age. Uh, Avery was born April 3rd, 1934. And Don was born April 25th, 1934. And uh, they would have started in the uh, fall of 52 when they both went to Bakersfield College. And, you know, because Don graduated there uh, mid year of 54. So he's considered a 55 graduate, but he finished up in December of 54. So they were definitely there at the same time. Now, I can't prove that they knew each other, but. It would be impossible for Don not to have known who Paul was, because Paul was, like I said, he was on the student council, and his exact title there was Director of Student Assemblies. So every time the the freshman class would be gathered in their auditorium there, it's called the Harvey Auditorium, uh, Avery would get up in front of the group and say, hey, this is what we're doing this week, here's some activities that we have, and then they would have like a music act or something that would come on after that. But he would always introduce those things, and it happened every Friday at the college. So he would be a guy that would be extremely difficult for Don not to have known of while being at Bakersfield, as small as it was. So I thought, what are the odds? I mean, even people that don't believe that Don Cheney could be the Zodiac killer, the fact that two major players in this case were going to the same little junior college in 1952 and 1953 is, is something to dig into. And I was pretty happy. And then it got even better when I found out what student play production was done in May of 1953 when they were both still there, it was the Mikado. And everybody knows that the Zodiac was heavily influenced by the Mikado, of course, with, you know, you had the exorcist letter, you had the little list letter that the Zodiac often quoted from. And that just happened to be the play they were doing when they were both there. So, you know, what would start as a pretty wild coincidence doubled when I found out that they did that play there which is really strange. And one of Avery's good friends, Avery actually graduated from Burroughs High School, which was by Inyo I think at the time it was called Ridgeville, but they're all right there together. China Lake, there's a naval ordnance station there where Avery's father was working at the time. But uh, Avery's good friend that he graduated with, and they were both uh, groomsmen at a wedding together, his name is Jim Crutcher. And he was in the production. He went to Bakersfield College, too, with Avery, And he was had one of the lead roles in *The Mikado*. He played Nanki Poo, and that was a good friend of, good friend of Avery. So, pretty pretty wild stuff that those guys were in that kind of proximity together that early.
2: Hmm. I'm curious. uh, Sorry to make you go back, but didn't you say something about a a notice about a marriage for Don Chaney?
1: Yes, yes. When was uh, that? uh, I've seen. That was in uh, 1963. Pomona, sixty-two or sixty-three in Pomona, and then they also did a full, a full layout in the Bakersfield, California paper for his wedding. He was married in Pomona, where his wife was from, and they also did a, uh, a big layout of the wedding in the Bakersfield, California. And of course, uh, another interesting about the thing about that is it listed everybody that was at Don Cheney's wedding, and his best man was indeed Ron Allen, Arthur Allen's younger brother. Of course, Ron Allen was his best man. Which I thought was interesting, and uh, Sandy Panzarella was there as well. I don't know if, if Archie Lee Allen was in attendance; they didn't list him. I know they met. In fact, '62, mm-hmm. but he did meet Don. Did meet Ron first, which obviously that's how he met Archer Lee Allen.
2: Yeah,
0: yeah. So, what, so what? What's your? What do you come away with with this? Like, what's your? What's your thoughts then? Uh, after this,
1: um, you know, that's it, that's pretty eye-opening. Considering you know, I'm I'm, I'm definitely opening coincidences. And I don't try to force things, but that's, you know, I had already built a pretty solid case with, with Don Cheney. I mean, before I knew three, big, three more pretty big facts about him, I would, you know, I, I have a solid case for him already. And when you find out that the principal guy that was reporting on the murders was going to a small college with him as early as the early 50s, it's, there's, there's definitely more to dig into there. And the play was being done. Now, I don't know everybody that was in the play, but, and, you know, I can't, you know, I don't know if Don had anything to do with it or not, but there's definitely some very close connections there, such as Don's sister, who was two years older, her name was Patricia Chang, she got married to a guy named Smith, she went to Bakersfield High School, and then went into Bakersfield College as well, but at Bakersfield High, she made all the costumes, she sewed them all for every play production when she was at Bakersfield High School, which is interesting, because I think that's where Don learned to sew, uh, we talk about Barieza and the outfit. Like you know, Brian Hardnell said he said it wasn't just you know that Zodiac symbol wasn't just painted on. It was done with care. Uh, Don could sew. Uh, it's one thing you'll see on you know uh, a thing about you know with different suspects or a profile of suspects. And I like uh, I think Korsgaard's book goes into that. Like it, he, you know you wouldn't have the local seamstress doing up your Zodiac outfit for Lake Barieza. Don Cheney knew how to sew probably learned it from his sister he's good at it i mean i have a picture of something he made uh very good with his hands and sewing and creating things i mean having all these other little pieces already there uh just just amplify the fact when you add that paul avery is there in such close quarters may have even been in a classroom with don that early there's something there that doesn't make him the zodiac killer but it definitely opens up the avenues that the the weird dynamics with this case and why it's still not solved after over 50 years could be something that could help someone else. Like, okay, I don't think it was Don, but maybe this connection between the two. And it, you know, and it is odd. Why was Avery selected out? Of course, you know, he made some insults towards the Zodiac killer, but it wasn't until, you know, a year after he really hit him pretty hard that he received the Halloween card, you know, so that probably would have died down a lot. And then again, why was, uh, Paul Avery, the one tipped off about the Riverside, you know, in the in the slow boat to China letter. There's just some things going on there that need to be looked at in more detail. I mean, that's what I'm doing now, but it's pretty eye-popping. I, I read a, a thread from a guy on the internet where he was trying to make a case for Paul Avery being the killer, which I think is ridiculous, but there is something more going on. And when you take the fact that Don – If if Don did know Avery that early and we know he knew Arthur Lee Allen and his, his particular habits, that's pretty damning. I mean, you know, they say about Arthur Lee Allen that if he's not the Zodiac Killer, then he's the most unlucky person in the world because there's so much solid evidence against him. Of course, there are things that point against him, like some of the handwriting, fingerprints, DNA, everything. But there's so much that does point towards him that's so quality that you'd have to say if it's not him, he's the most unluckiest person in the world. So if that's the case with Arthur the Allen, then Don Cheney is fivefold the most unluckiest person in the world to have this much against him and not have something to do with these killings. That's that's how I look at things.
0: Well, what are the negatives toward Don Cheney then?
1: Well, the the obvious negatives. I mean, the well, first one would be that you know, according to Don's own own words, that he moved out of the Bay Area uh on you know sometime pretty soon after january 1st new year's day 1969 you know the day after he claims Arthur Lee allen told him all this stuff about wanting to be the zodiac killer and going to lover's lanes and what what they were going to do and this kind of thing well don says he moved after that and of course only one canonical crime had happened up to that point which was lake herman road uh so don says he moved so he moved back to the pomona where his where his wife's from so you know people say well well if he created the next three crimes they were all in the bay area he would have to have driven six hours to commit these crimes so that comes up a lot well it's easy for me to answer the guy was an avid avid outdoorsman avid big game hunter hunted a lot and had a lot you know from what i could tell by reading a lot of detailed stuff you know from another blog from his son who's never brought up the word zodiac killer whatsoever i'll get that out there but he did talk about his father when he was younger and where they would go hunting and what they would do and he would go on these long hunting trips. So for him to go six hours to do this stuff uh, is really not a problem for a guy like Don. And we know that the Zodiac crimes happen either on weekends or a holiday. Obviously, the night of July 4th, you at uh, um, Blue Rock Springs, and everything else fell on a weekend. Um, you know, that, so that's one of them. And, and the second one, the most major one someone would throw out would be, well, if Don was the Zodiac, why wouldn't he just leave a piece of Paul Stein's shirt over at Allen's uh, either trailer or his house, he had both, or Paul Stein's wallet? Well, th- my answer to that is because the game would be over. Because if you found either of those things, you can start Julie Allen with everything else was pointing against him, uh, it would have been just enough to convict him, I think, and it, it, with the jury. I mean, we're talking about before the DNA days, even without the fingerprints, and, you know, Allen's already a convicted child molester, it probably been all a jury would have needed we found a piece of uh, the cab driver's bloody shirt at your trailer. You're, you're, you're gone away. And think about that. If, if, if Alan goes down for the, for the killings, the fun's over. We got the killer. It, you know what, What's going to happen now? If, if, if you created the moniker of the Zodiac and went to all this trouble and wrote the letters and taunted police, you don't want it to end. You want to kind of keep living the, the, the thrill of what you did, which is what I think happened here.
2: Well, there's also the problem. <clears throat> with Don Cheney's ever-changing stories. You know, he originally told police that he thought that this conversation happened, what, in uh, December of 1967, and then uh, when he was confronted with the fact that he had mentioned that Allen said he lost his job, and Allen had lost his job after that date. So then he changed the date to a year later, and the date That's was true. very important because of the timing of the Zodiac crimes, <clears throat> And then I've also noticed that in Robert Graysmith's book, Zodiac Unmasked, which I do not recommend as a fact-checker book, but uh, there is a quote in here where he says that uh, he had a conversation with Arthur Lee Allen. He says, This conversation took place prior to September of 1966, as that's the month and year I married my first wife. That is why I recall the time easily. I did not see Allen to any great degree nor go out on hunting and fishing trips with him after my marriage. So the dates are all over the place here. He's having some oh, yeah, difficulty are, yeah, there's, remembering there's so this factual. alleged event.
1: That's true. There's so many factual errors. But the main the main shift that Don did was going from New Year's, that, that Alan originally told him all this stuff about wanting to be in the Zodiac and all this stuff. He originally stated, and it's even said in the movie. I, it's been a while since I've watched it, but I believe they even – say the date of January 1st, 1968. And later Don changed that when he did the documentary, his name was Arthur Lee Allen, that would kind of coincide with the movie. He knew he had a problem with that. So he changed it to January 1st, 1969 to better fit his, his theory about trying to frame Arthur Lee Allen. Mm -hmm. And we know he's lying everywhere because he said, I went over to Arthur Lee Allen's house on that new year's day, 69. And he showed me the watch he got for Christmas it was a Zodiac wristwatch. It was right. brand new in the box. And, he, you know, he wanted to know, you know, did my mother stiff me, give me a cheap gift? Well, we know from uh, our Julie Allen's younger brother, Ron, that Ron got an identical watch for Christmas 1967. So right. Don's already off on his date. He's already yeah. making up lies to cover this stuff.
2: Because so he's, he's trying to make you think that he, he's trying to say that Alan kept this brand new watch in a box for a year or so. And then showed it to him.
1: Yeah, well, on the video, it would have been brand new. It would have been just, you know, but he did, he did shift it a year. I mean, he, he yeah. purposely shifted that date from, from, uh, for a whole year.
2: And he never mentioned the watch to begin with. He never mentioned that no. watch when he was talking to police. He didn't bring it up until years later after it was in a book.
1: Years later, years later. And we know Arthur Lee Allen never seemed to fear when he was being questioned by police You know, he never seemed to fear getting caught for these crimes or, you know, or even falsely accused. He would wear the watch when he was being interrogated by the police. When the police um, finally did a search warrant on the Fresno Street house, they found guns, which he wasn't supposed to be in possession of because he was a felon. And to this day, they don't know why they didn't at least, you know, confiscate. I don't even believe they confiscated them. You know, they basically just said, well, there's some weird stuff here, but there's nothing tying them to these murders exactly. Mm. And more importantly is why was Arthur Lee Allen questioned so soon after the Lake Berryessa attack? Who tipped off the police to go look at this guy just because he was strange? I mean, the Vallejo general area probably had plenty of creepy guys around Arthur Lee Allen's age. Who tipped off the police to go talk to him two weeks or so after Lake Berryessa where they questioned Allen and he said, well, I was going to go to Lake Berryessa that day, but I went up the coast instead. It was like he was waiting for it. Like, someone tipped him off, and not only was he waiting for it, but he knew they didn't have anything on him. Very, it's a good thing to really ponder. Why was Lee Allen questioned so early on after Lake Berryessa? Just being you know, fired from Valley Springs for you know, some, an approach, appropriate touching at this point was not enough to put you on the radar for stabbing two people in the back. So that someone tipped him off, and huh? it seemed like Allen had some knowledge of it, not to be worried.
2: Well, and that brings up the real issue, which is why would Don Chaney do this to Arthur Lee Allen?
1: Look, you know what I truly believe, and I believe it more even now? I think that they probably had some kind of agreement. I think that uh, Arthur Lee Allen was down on his luck. He got fired from Valley Springs, a job he really liked. And uh, they talked about it one day, maybe you know, about writing a book. You know, there's some little t- hints of truth in there for what Don says because he's trying to throw people off. But, he's, you know, they came up with some kind of plan to do this, and, and I think they probably had some form of agreement, you know, like Don's was going to be the lead, and Arthur Lee Allen was going to maybe, you know, get to be looked at as something other than he was, a child molester. And, and you know, and, and he was a patsy to, to maybe Don committing the lead parts of the crime where where Arthur Lee Allen was just going to stand by and get some credit for it, but they had maybe some dirt on each other. I don't know. I think they're – truly believing now Arthur Lee Allen had some culpability in it. I don't think he was the killer. I don't think he was cut out for it. It really isn't his profile, but I think he went along with it to some degree. Now, he did pass a polygraph when he was at Atascadero, and they said it was with flying colors or, you know, things like that. He could have been on tranquilizers, or maybe the questions they were asking him were, uh, you know, directly, did you stab Brian Hartnell, Cecilia Shevard, or I don't know. You know, we don't know, but he apparently did pass that. And we know Don's issues with polygraphs.
2: Already. Yeah, I bring there's that up. there's definitely
1: a dynamic going between the two there that you that it can't be denied. I mean, just the fact to me that how does Christmas with two S's wind up in Zodiac letters when we, everyone knew that knew Arthur Leal and knew he misspelled words for comedic effect. But the Zodiac seems to know this and wants to put them in there. Trigger mech, the phrase trigger mech. How many people use it? I never know anyone said the word trigger mech for trigger mechanism and uh Karen Allen, his sister in law, swore up and down that he used that phrase. And, and another thing, another thing that, that, that I think back on is, is Phil Tucker and Phil Tucker's wife with the stories. I know this is really hardcore Zodiac stuff for people there, but they recalled seeing a letter with, with cipher symbols on it in Archie Allen's room in his basement. He took out a metal box and they saw papers, and this was before. You know, I think I think I can't remember. I think it was before that you know any of the real Zodiac letters were were published. But no, actually, they it was they after. saw these. Actually, it was okay. Yeah, it
2: was like eight Maybe he out. was
1: trying to emulate it, but they did swear up and down that they had those, or she saw that she saw them. So I'm thinking maybe they played along, but there's just a lot against Arthur Lee Allen that people never can seem to explain away, and Don is the only way to do that the only way that i can see or you know maybe bill tucker had more involved which is which is odd i do remember them asking uh don cheney if he ever knew phil tucker and he said no i mean i guess that's possible but you know yeah i don't know that phil tucker i've never really taken a deep dive into him but you know he's another guy that was around oh.
2: well there's also the theory that he that don cheney may have done this to Allen, without Allen's knowledge because Arthur Lee Allen supposedly tried to molest one of Cheney's children. And that's been brought up as a possible motive for him wanting to frame Allen for these crimes, or at the very least, if Cheney wasn't involved in the actual crimes, that he was trying to implicate Allen and hopefully get Allen in trouble. Um, If you go by that alternative, alternative theory about his motives, a lot of what he says and does makes sense. And I always thought it was interesting that, you know, in the police report, it says that, Uh, when the police confronted Ron and Karen Allen about this, they were surprised that Allen could be considered a suspect. And then when they were told that this uh, accusation was coming from Don Cheney, they said, well, yes, we find him to be a credible person. In the movie, when you see this scene unfold, they say, oh, yeah, he's a, you know, Don Cheney probably told the truth. And then they skip to them talking about, stuff in the Zodiac letters like Trigger Mech and Christmas and things like that. And they give you this strong impression that they thought that Don Cheney was telling the truth, which, of course, having spoken to Karen Allen years later, she made it clear they never believed that Allen was the Zodiac, and they never believed that Don Cheney was telling the truth. They thought, you know, once they heard what Cheney was saying and more of it started coming out, they were very critical of him, largely because they knew of this complaint about the alleged molestation. But in reality, in the police report, it says that they asked about Don Cheney, and Kit, Ron and Karen Allen said, oh, yes, he's a credible person. And then the very next thing they said was, oh, and you should know that he accused my brother of trying to molest one of his kids. And they always thought that that was a strong motive for Cheney to make up these stories. So if we look at that alternative theory where maybe Cheney wasn't actually involved in the crimes himself or if he was involved in the crimes and he... Uh, and Allen wasn't aware of all this, that this may have been a primary motivating factor for him to get revenge against Arthur Lee Allen. So what do you think about that possibility?
1: Well, yeah, we talked about that on the first show, but people that might have missed that one, you know, here's my thoughts on that. First of all, that that incident with Cheney's daughter was sometime around, uh, I think it was 67 or so, and this this is absolute fact. Don Cheney, by his own admission, stayed friends with Arthur Lee Allen after that incident.
2: Yes. He said it
1: was somewhere between, I think, a year to a year and a half. Stayed friends with him. That's a fact. Why would you say if you were so upset about him doing that, if you were going to frame him for being a notorious serial killer, why could you even stomach being around him for another even, let's just say, six months? First thing that makes no sense. And then recall, he doesn't come forward to law enforcement until the summer of 1971 from an incident that happened in 1967. Mm -hmm. That's a stretch. And he carries this narrative going long after Larger Allen's buried in the ground. He keeps the whole train going. Why is that? Just so Don can go get a free meal? No, because Don's living in the glory of what he created. I truly believe it. Touching his, uh, some man his friend touching his daughter's behind, which is the incident. Uh, it wasn't this full blown, um, you know, what you think about a station. He touched her behind is literally how he yeah. even tells that story. You're going to frame him for being a serial killer for that? Uh, years after the fact it just doesn't wash
2: well and and ron and karen allen both were clear when they said that cheney had confronted them about this and then he was very upset so we don't really have any clear evidence that he did have any contact with allen after that other than his story that he that allen confessed to him and told him all this stuff so it's also possible that that conversation never happened um, or oh, that if it did happen, it didn't happen when he said it did and it didn't happen the way he said it did. Um, so, you know, I, I go back and forth on whether or not I think Don Cheney has any actual culpability in the crimes, but I definitely believe that for whatever reason, whatever the actual motive was, whether it was motivated solely by this, uh, you know, alleged molestation attempt or other things, that... For some reason, Don Cheney invented a lot of this stuff, and unfortunately it's taken on a life of its own. as gospel truth. You'll often hear people say, well, Alan confessed to Don Cheney before the Zodiac crime, so he must be the Zodiac. And that's where the timing becomes so important and why so many of the, the aspects of Cheney's ever-changing story cause problems about his credibility. I mean, he, he claimed that in later years, not when he first talked to police, but in later years, he told people that Uh, Arthur Lee Allen took him to the crime scene on Lake Herman Road. You know, He never mentioned these things before. Um, He started embellishing his story with details that appeared in the media and in the book Zodiac. So it's very difficult to discern what Don Chaney said that was true. Um, But at the end of the day, I don't trust him at all.
1: Oh, he, he has no credibility. But one thing that I know by digging into him as much as I have, he is a highly intelligent person. He would always try to tell you how smart Archie Allen was. But I can tell you, Don was a smart guy. He was on the honor roll constantly at, at, uh, at Bakersfield High School. He went to Cal Poly Pomona, which is no slouch, to be a mechanical engineer. Well, when people talk about a suspect, like I'll just throw one out, Donald Lee Booyock, who got out of prison. he had a, I think he had like an eighth grade education or something like that. This guy's not going to be talking about radians and inches along the radians or doing ciphers or even substitutional ciphers, this, this killer, whoever anyone thinks Zodiac is, has a, uh, some form of propensity towards mathematics, and, and to some degree. Don had that in spades. He, he was a, a pipe stress analyst. When, when uh, Zodiac would say, I'm crack-proof, I think he's talking about pipe stress. I mean, that's what you would try to achieve with, with pipes. It's something that, that wouldn't crack. You know, it's stress-resistant. You, you, everything just lines up with what Don already knows, not just because he's in the Air Force, But also that he was an avid big game hunter. I don't know of uh, any other Zodiac's suspect. Of course, there's always the one that we don't know of that, you know, wherever he may be, but the ones we do know about, I don't know of one of them that actually went out in the woods and hunted for days. Don Chaney did. He was highly adept at knives. He preferred carbon steel knives and he would sharpen them with his wet stone. He, He would gut clean animals. He would obviously, the title of my book, Siding In, that's what he called hunting. He had no uh, qualms about killing larger animals, maybe that desensitizes them. But when you think about Lake Berryessa, and that's always the crime I like to focus on. And what I built it around was it takes, you know, just if you just want to kill someone with a gun at a, at a far distance, if they are, or are even close up, it's so much cleaner than having two people lay on their stomachs or hard tied, like Brian and Cecilia were and stab them with a blade that long. That's somebody that, that has done this before, either to a human or animal that has no qualms about it. Don, don't, knew knives very well, uh, and he knew how to make leather sheaths for knives. When you have little pieces like that that I know for a fact and have photos of it, he becomes a huge suspect, even bigger than Arthur Lee Allen, because everything that Allen did, Chaney knew of. Misspelling words, trigger mech, how would he get those things in there? I mean, he has more going for him than anyone like Ross Sullivan or Richard Gajkowski, who they can't even determine if he was in Northern Ireland or Northern California, for that matter. And these guys get spun around the washing machine of Zodiac suspects forever. They have nothing like this going for him. And then when you throw in the fact that Paul Avery was in the same little college as him in 1952, it's getting a little bit to where you can't just throw it off on coincidence. And it just happened that the Mikado was done in May of 53 at the same little college. It's starting to take shape in my mind. That's just how I work. I, I believe in Occam's razor. The most simplest solution has got to be there somewhere with the stuff. There will be anomalies in this case. It's big. It's been kicked around for over 50 years. But I just the way I see things there, it's damning against Don Cheney, in my opinion.
2: Well, let me ask you a question then. It seems to me that if you believe that Don Cheney was the Zodiac, then you have to start asking the questions: Did he commit these crimes just to get back at Allen? Were these his first murders, or were there something before that? Because, frankly, in my opinion, you know, looking at the murders on Lake Herman Road, the uh, brutality of those murders, the the um, uh, I guess the confidence of the killer—it um, doesn't strike me as someone's first murder, especially the the way he just matter-of-factly shoots David Faraday in the head and uh, shoots Betty Lou Jensen in the back as she's trying to run away. It doesn't seem like someone who's panicked. It may not be their first time. So that brings up the issue of whether or not you think that Don Cheney had ever committed a crime before the Zodiac murders or whether or not the Zodiac murders were simply an attempt to get at Arthur Lee Allen.
1: I don't think it was. Well, first I will say I don't think it was an attempt to get to Arthur Lee Allen. I really don't. He, there would have been so many other ways to do that.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, but you, but you know what I'm asking, though, no, right? I mean, no, you know I know what I, you're Yeah, I yeah. definitely know what you're asking. Yeah. Uh, I do not think that it was an attempt to get back at Archie Lee Allen. I think he was indifferent. And, and it makes me think of one other thing. I only found ever in one, and you might know it better than I do, Michael, you can see the case better than anyone, but I, I think Arthur Lee Allen was only told once, hey, you know why you're being accused of being a serial killer? It was your buddy Don. And he, was, and he kind of just brushed it off like, oh, Don's crazy. It wasn't just... Huge rebuke, like, oh, he's insane. I mean, uh, 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 Arthur Lee Allen had a much larger rebuke against uh, uh, Ralph Spinelli, who made up, you know, told the whole story about Arthur Lee Allen coming to his office and wanting to do a kill, and then Paul Stein gets shot, and then he comes mm-hmm. back and says, Believe me now, that whole story. Yeah. But, uh, you know, he never gives a big pushback against it, which I really think the two are in it to some level together. I think Don was the lead, basically, based on his physical description. Uh, Officer Falk, barrel chested, stocky. And, I mean, Don, if you look at Don Cheney now, even when he was younger at 65, he's what I would call barrel-chested. He had the physical description better than anyone. All these all these other guys are either too big, too skinny. Don was barrel-chested, and I don't know his exact height. He was around 5'10", the best I can tell from other photos I have. But, uh, you know, going back to your other question, do I think he was involved in other murders? You know, I don't know where I, exactly I come down on that, uh, you know, like Riverside. Uh, you know, I'm leaning towards Riverside not being Zodiac, but I haven't really taken a deep dive in it. But uh, I do find it interesting that Artem, thats the only time that Arthur Lee Allen missed a day of work at Valley Springs was right after the Riverside murders. Did I think it was the day after?
2: Well, there um, was there was
1: Riverside, was it that yeah. is that correct?
2: Well, there was a day in between, so we don't. There's a lot of confusion about that, but the evidence seems to suggest that he either showed up for work and then took a day off. Um, But again, you know, the Riverside case is one of those things that you can get lost in, and it can cause a lot of problems if you start attaching it to any theory about the Zodiac case because we don't know for sure. Yeah, Yeah, we don't know for sure whether it was a Zodiac crime or not. But I mean, it's it's just in general. Yeah. Just in general, though, I mean, as far as the attitude of the killer at Lake Herman Road and stuff like that, it I always struck me. So.
1: I would say that. I, I would suspect that he did. I can't really, you, know, you know, like we just said, I can't say if it's Riverside or, or, or Don Alass or anything like that, but I suspect it because I can tell you this about Don. He could easily travel not because of his hunting and just the way he was. And when you look at him, as smart as the guy was, he had a mechanical engineering degree. He he never keeps a job for a long time. He comes, becomes estranged from his entire family. They move back to the East Coast to Connecticut when you know I think the kids were like you know the son might have been twelve. I think the daughter was fourteen. Where they lived now and uh, you know so he was estranged from them and he never stays at any job for too long for some kind of reason. He had an authority problem or something's going on because I can tell you one thing. He is highly intelligent, but he can never stay in one place. He's highly mobile. So I think even when he was, you know, living with his wife and his two children, um, he, uh, he could get around a lot. I think he would just, just, just say, I'm, I'm gone. I'm going to go hunting. And he would do that. Uh, you know, I was looking at the, the Kathleen Johns incident again. And I, you know, I, I remembered reading again how when Kathleen Johns said, and I don't know if that's a zodiac crime or not. I don't know. A lot of people are still 50 50, but she said she saw kids' clothes in the car. When you know the the person that, that tried to kidnap her drove around, she said she could solve children's clothes, and they might have been from the ages of eight to twelve. Well, Don's daughter would have been at eight at the time of the Kathleen John's abduction. So uh, there's little things there, but I think he probably did kill before to some, you know, probably did. I just can't say where.
2: Well, and I also wanted to ask you about something that's kind of it's always bothered me, the way that Don Cheney has. You know the timing of events of things with him are are very curious and very problematic and when he claims that <clears throat> excuse me when he claims that Arthur Lee Allen told him the story and then he starts changing elements of the story and things you know it casts doubt on him uh not necessarily just on allen it raises issues about his credibility because if you have to believe that you know. He claims that he went to the police in Pomona and talked about this, and then nothing was done. And then a couple of years later, he was talking to Santo Panzarella. And for listeners who don't know, Santo Panzarella and Don Cheney were roommates with Ron Allen during college, or they knew him during college, and that's how Allen met them. So years later, uh, when Don Cheney is working for Panzarella, he starts talking about how Allen told him all this stuff, and it was basically Panzarella who convinced him to call the police. So he, he seems like he was reluctant, or at least he wasn't you know, trying to cast uh, guilt or a suspicion on Alan from the start. It seemed like something that he was willing to say to people but wasn't really willing to act on, and that alone is sort of problematic about it because if you really thought that he was the Zodiac, you know, you, I, I've often joked that <clears throat> you know, if we, if we had a conversation and I said to you, you know, one day I'd like to go out and kill a bunch of people and write letters to the media calling myself the Frankenberry killer, and then you know, a year later, you're sitting there reading a paper about a guy who's killing people and sending letters to the media using the name the Frankenberry Killer. Wouldn't some part of your brain register, oh yeah, I remember that? But Don Cheney didn't seem to be aware of the Zodiac crimes during a time in the Bay Area. Wouldn't be almost impossible to not hear of them. And the thing that triggered him was reading about a story about a <clears throat> machete attack at a campground in Grass Valley, where they had a photograph or a excuse me, a composite sketch of a suspect wearing glasses. And, you know, that's not not a look that Alan had at the time, at least as far as I know, but it's, it's a rather bizarre thing to trigger your memory when there are other things in the news which should be triggering your memory. So the whole idea that it took him so long to come forward, that he seemed to need prompting to do it, that he changed his story, that he left a lot of important details out, that he embellishes it years later, you know, Either way you look at it, whether Don Cheney was the killer or whether or not he was just somebody who was trying to frame a, a friend for some reason, there's a serious problem with everything that he said. So, uh, you know, oh, I don't, it's unfortunate that he that we don't know whether or not he was ever really uh, questioned by police from that angle.
1: I don't think he was. I don't think I don't. He never was really even looked at a suspect too hard until he said, I licked Arthur Lee Allen's stamps for him. And everybody said, whoa, you licked your friend's stamps for him? Well, yeah. well you know, obviously, they would. You would how, do you, how, do you, how do you look at that, Michael, when he said, I licked his stamps for him? You know, how could that be anything but I'm worried about my DNA showing up? I can't, I, I've i looked at that a million ways. How could that be anything different? Because if he's just trying to keep Arthur Lee Allen in play for the fun of it or revenge over the molestation, why would you, you know, he would just say, why, you want know, a neighbor could, could – neighborhood kids licked it or he just used a uh, water a water bottle you know anything moist will adhere Mm -hmm. a stamp to a letter why did don specifically say i licked his stamps for him there is no other way i can think of in a million years why you would say that unless you were worried definitely worried your dna was going to show up on those letters
2: well i guess we'll never know think of one (laughs) we'll
1: never know because the dna in this case i mean i know people throw around well don was tested and it was negative just like arthur lee allen uh, you know, we know they tested. I don't know why they ever tested the DNA from Mark Allen's brain, but that's what, I, you know, what I've been told. But, you know, and it was, of course, you know, Don Boyd, I mean, Tom Boyd's information that the, the DNA on the letter that they had, you know, the Stein letter came from the outside of the stamp. But the DNA is really just a red herring now in the Zodiac case. I don't think we're going to get this Golden State killer, uh, you know, suspect out of the blue from the DNA. I mean, it would be great if we did. I, I mean, I'd love that more than anything. And I'm glad they got the Golden State. That guy was. Particularly nasty and cruel, but uh, I just don't see that happening here. I mean, but I'd be as happy as anybody. if it's not gone somebody we've never heard of, like, you know, uh, D'Angelo in the Golden State, I would be happy as anybody to have this thing. Oh, yeah. I know a lot of people enjoy keeping, but that would be great. I just don't think we're going to get that here. So my opinion is, you know, why not? I mean, don't try to fit the this, this square hole in the round peg or whatever, the round peg in the square hole, but. You know, take some leaps and try to get new information like this. You know, when you find things, I mean, definitely just at least just get them out there. But, uh, you know, that's just kind of where I'm at. And it's just I, I just when I look at things, I don't see anyone coming close to a better suspect than Don. I don't. And I've studied all of them in depth. You name it. Uh, it's not like I just picked one and ran with it. You know, I've looked into all of them. Yeah,
0: but uh, the 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 ultimate question would be could uh don cheney be uh gary stewart's (laughs) it could be it could
1: be gary's kind of thin
0: though yeah and would gary stewart lick his (laughs) He might gary might that's that's all that matters but but but, the gary knows the dna profile (laughs) well give me stamps or give me uh yeah um wow that's quite uh uh quite a lot to think about um so um, we are going to wrap it up as the hour comes close. Um, again, so uh, where do we do we have a website for you? Uh,
1: no, I'm girl? still working on it, but I do have a YouTube channel. So if you if you uh, go to YouTube and type in citing in on the Zodiac Killer," you'll find all my videos, and I even have one that's an analysis of uh, his name was Arthur Lee Allen, which will really go into a lot of stuff we were just talking about, and, and you know some some of the mysteries that Don told. I kind of highlight, and actually all the, all the videos, you'll find a lot of them on there, and of course, uh, some of the D.B. Cooper stuff as well, so when that gets done, I'd love to come back on and talk about D.B. Cooper, and I can assure you, D.B. Cooper and the Zodiac Killer are not the same person, I, I'm, I'm confident oh, in that. well then,
0: what's the point? What's yeah, the what, point? where's the yeah, fun in they're that? they're not the
1: same, it's no fun anymore. <laughs> it's,
0: it's well, Cruise. it's probably... Yeah, no, don't say that on this show. I get in trouble all the time. It's like, oh, he's giving me a bad time. Not to say that joke anymore. Yeah. Okay, well, that's great. We've had some D.B. Cooper before, so that's always interesting and um, fantastic. We'll put your YouTube website on our website so people... Uh, If they can't find it, just go to our website and click on it. So, again, thank you. Uh, We've had uh, Drew Beeson and, of course, Michael Butterfield.
2: To find out more about our show, Uh, guests, or to listen to past shows from our
1: archive, please go to www.houseofmysteryradio.com. The
0: mission has been completed.
1: The end. By George, he's got it. It is the end. I'll tell you. If you're lying to me, I'll be back. This has been a production
2: of Something Weird Media.
0: You've been listening to the House of Mystery radio show. To find out more
2: about our guests, hosts, or shows, go to www.